1: Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Here's today's on, message. Let's make our
2: confession of faith together in the building and online. Everybody, let's say it together. I'm in my year of Jubilee. I'm expecting celebration, emancipation, and restoration every day. In Jesus' name, amen. So God, have your way. Get the glory out of everything, God. We need to hear a word from you. Come on, we told him at the beginning about 30 minutes ago, speak. But I just want you to put that back in the atmosphere and say, speak, Lord. I need to hear from you. In Jesus' name, can you release a praise for five seconds like God's about to speak in this building and don't lie. Come on, give him what we owe him. We owe him our praise. We owe him our adoration. We owe him our worship. And we tell you thank you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Grab a seat. Let's go to work. So we're in this series this month uh, called Fire. Say Fire. Um, and fire is significant because the month of September has four distinct meanings. Number one, September is the ninth month of the calendar year, and nine is the biblical number of birthing. It's the biblical number of fruitfulness, of progress, and productivity. Birthing means there's something you were working on months, perhaps years before, that's finally getting ready to take its next step. And for some of you, you got to hear me. Uh, you got to celebrate the fact that this month, something you've been working on for a while, you're finally about to take your next step. Come on! I need you to make sure you sit next to the right one in the building. M don't lie. Just elbow somebody. And say, "I'm finally taking the next step." I'm fine. You've been working on that business plan for a while. You're finally about to open the account. Y'all not saying nothing. You've been working on that degree for a while. You're finally about to take the next class. You've been working on that project for a while. You're finally about to burst something. But then, number two, it means fruitfulness and fruitful to get fruit. In the scripture, God says that He prunes us, which means God will cut things away from you when he wants for you to be fruitful. What well, will he cut away, Bishop? He will cut away people, places, things, and ideas. And if you pay attention to the month of September, there were some things that got cut real fast. Y'all were best friends on Tuesday. He cut that thing by Wednesday. Y'all, were, watch me, y'all were thinking them thieves on Wednesday. And by Thursday, he kept that thing. You thought that person was going to be in your life forever on Friday. And by Saturday morning, you woke up to a text where he kept that thing. Is there anybody in this building or online where you've seen God cut some things this month and that's only because he wants you to be more fruitful he only prunes you when he wants you to be fruitful which means pruning feels like punishment but it's really promotion It can feel like a negative when it's really a positive. It's birthing, it's fruitfulness, it's progress and productivity. Progress means I will be able to see, watch me, that I am not where I started. I don't know about you, but I need to make sure I'm in the room with some praises tonight and online. That I can celebrate this fact that I may not be. Where I want to be, but I can thank God that I am not where I used to be. Every person that knows you made some progress this month alone, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to put a praise in the atmosphere right there. Go, go, go. Wednesday, that's the best you got? Wednesday, that's the best you got? Come on, somebody shout, I'm making progress. But then there's productivity. And productivity means, watch me, that I have to release the last to get to the next. Productivity means that I'm going to be doing more, I'm going to be spending more time. And for some of you, this month of September has flown by because you feel like you've been very, 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 very busy. I got good news for you. Watch me. You've not been busy, you've been productive let me explain see busy is like being on a treadmill you put out a lot of energy but you didn't go anywhere. productive means watch me I put out a lot of energy but I can show that I'm not in the same place that I started. I put out a lot of energy but when I look at the numbers the numbers show me that what I've been doing is working. I put out a lot of energy but when I look at the results I can see that the results are working. The fourth thing, the fourth thing the fourth of the third thing excuse me not the month of September as well it's the ninth month of the calendar year it's actually the end of a spiritual year and we'll talk about that in a moment because on sunday we entered into a brand new spiritual year the year 5784 which means while the world is going to be celebrating a new year december 31st god gave us a three and a half month head start come on can you just look at somebody close to you and say you're in a new spiritual year already tell her. But what precipitated this series, what precipitated this series fire is that when this month September was being created, it's um, made from this word septum, and septum, S-E-P-T-E-M, it actually means seven, even though it's the ninth month of the calendar of the year, last month of the spiritual year, it actually means septum, which is seven. So every time you say September, you're actually saying seven, and seven in the Bible means completion. Completion means shalom. Shalom means nothing will be missing, nothing will be broken, nothing will be lacking, all will be well. Now watch me, there's only what's today the 20th. There's only 10 days left. You better hear me. What is God about to do in the next 10 days? So that there is nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. I just got real excited right there why? Because I recognize that I cannot accept this month of September with anything missing, with anything broken, with anything lacking, but all I don't like the way some of y'all are looking. Would you just tell somebody close to you and say, "All is about to be well." Come on, come on. But this month of September, number September, okay, it's the ninth month of the calendar year, last month of the spiritual year. It means seven septum shalom completion, but. When they were creating this month of September, the Greco-Roman culture, the Romans had conquered the Greeks. When they created this month, they actually named it in tandem with their fire god, their god of fire. So every time you say September, you're actually saying fire. Okay, now listen, you cannot just say the word fire. If somebody's house was on fire, you wouldn't walk up, excuse me, fire. If you're, watch me, if their house was on fire, you would holler because you wanted to get their attention. And for some of you, watch me, the fire is not a bad thing. Fire is a good thing. I'm going to show you what in just a moment. But I need you to open your mouth and shout, Fire! Let's go. Let's go. Now, We just entered the Hebrew feast, as I told you, Rosh Hashanah, this past Sunday, which is also known as the Feast of Trumpets, and the spiritual year has advanced into 5784. Make this declaration and say, I have advanced. Ooh, you got to say that thing better than that. You got to say that thing like your enemy needs to hear you, like your haters need to hear you, like the devil needs to hear you, like everything he threw at you was not as successful. Make this declaration and say, I have advanced. Now, look at this. Uh, in this, we get a head start. Our new is now because God and the Bible use the Hebrew calendar. I've taught you this. There are four spring feasts. There are three fall feasts, totaling seven. There seven is again. Now, you may say, Bishop, you pay a lot of attention to the numbers. That's because God pays a lot of attention to the numbers. Numbers are so important to God, he created a whole book called Numbers. And, and the reason it's called Numbers is because how many times they numbered or took census of the people. Every number has a spiritual significance. Four is a biblical spiritual number of creativity so you just stepped into 5784 which means god says you're about to create the life you want all right for years everybody handed you what they said your life needed to be but at 5784 god says you're gonna open up your own mouth and you're gonna create the life that you want i wish i had faith people in the building and online just say i'm gonna create the life that i want I- Death and life are in the power of your tongue. And they that love it must eat its fruit. Which means if you don't say something, you're not going to see something. Come on, say, I'll create the life I want to live. You ready? Okay, okay, okay. Five is the biblical number of grace, favor, supernatural. Six is the number of man. Seven is the number of completion. Eight is the number of a new beginning. Nine is birthing, fruitfulness, progress, and productivity. Ten is the number of divine perfection. Eleven is the number of dysfunction. Twelve is the number of divine government and order. Thirteen is the number of betrayal. Fourteen, can I go? Can I Every number has a corresponding spiritual significance. Forty is the biblical number of a wilderness. Forty-one is the biblical number of exiting that which lasted long. You ready? Fifty is the biblical number of jubilee. All right. So, so God, numbers are very important to God. So there are seven feasts, which means when we honor the feast, we invite shalom into our lives. That's why we do it at Harvest, because we want to invite everything God has promised us. So there's a Hebrew phrase called Shana Tova. Say Shana Tovah. Shana Tovah. And it literally means happy spiritual new year. But it, it's got this emphasis. It's dual, it's this dual emphasis. It's you telling somebody you have a good year. But here's the emphasis. You're telling yourself you have a good year. Because sometimes you're waiting on everybody else to give you some encouragement and you got to encourage yourself. Sometimes you're waiting on everybody else to co-sign and you got to be your own co-signer. So I'm not waiting on you to tell me to have a good year. I'll tell myself, Shana Tova, you have a good year. Can you point at somebody, tell them, say you have a good year. But then point at yourself, say you have a good year. Now, now that first of these spring or these Hebrew, uh, the fall feasts is the Feast of Trumpets. Then the second is called uh, the Day of Atonement, also known as Yom Kippur. you still with me? In between those two feasts, one started Sunday, the next one we will honor one week from today on September the 27th, and we will fast on that day. It's known as the Day of Atonement uh, or Yom Kippur. In, these, in between these two feasts are what are called ten days of awe. Say, ten days, 10 days of awe. Now, the 10 days of awe have a purpose that's found in Leviticus 23 and 27. The Bible says, you shall humble your souls, which is a specific Hebrew phrase. What is Hebrew, Bishop? Language of our Old Testament, Greek language of our New Testament. I teach you what those words are because when you're in translation, can I teach you Wednesday? Yeah. When you're in translation from Greek to English, you lose approximately two words on average, from Hebrew to English, approximately three. So if I do not know what the original language says, then I don't have the totality of the picture. It's like looking at a picture, but only seeing a part of it and trying to make a conclusion of the part that you saw. So it's important for me that the people I lead see the whole picture. Let's go. All right. This is, you shall humble yourselves. This means fast. So what are we doing next Wednesday? We're fasting. And consult your physician. It's not medical advice uh, if you're concerned about your health. But we're fasting, a water-only fast, next Wednesday. Why are we doing it? The Bible says so. All right. Real fast. But it wants me. It means to self-reflect and self-correct. Hear me. In these 10 days, expect God to throw stuff in your face that you thought you had dealt with years ago. Because the only way you can self-reflect is God has to make you see what you've been trying to avoid. And for some, watch me, you never really dealt with it. You just buried it. You never really handled the situation. You just put it into a corner. And in these 10 days, God says, everything that's been piled up in the corners of your life over the last 12 months, we're going to snatch that out and you're going to deal with it. Why? Because your next 12 months need you at your best. Why? You're about to live your best. So your next 12 months need you at your best. I wish I had somebody in this building, and don't lie, please say, my future needs me at my best. My at my best. Hey, we'll fast, but we'll self-reflect and self-correct, which means there's things God's going to let you see about you that you thought you had dealt with, and you thought you had conquered, you thought you were over. Be not surprised if you're not driving down the street and then just get teary-eyed all of a sudden. You're trying to figure out where is this coming from it is because god is throwing something in your face and saying i need you to see this i need you to deal with this because you're the line crosser in your bloodline you're the boundary breaker in your bloodline you're the curse breaker in your bloodline which means I need you to deal with this because every other generation in your family refused to. I need you to overcome this because everybody in your city refused to. I need you to not repeat but I need you to self reflect and then watch me self correct which means I don't need the Lord to discipline me. Once I see where I was wrong I'll discipline myself so for some of you during this time you're about to forgive some people you thought you would forgive them but some of you during this time you gonna realize you were wrong in some situations that you were blaming other people for and God's finally gonna make you see this is what you could have done differently this is how you could have handled it differently say I'll self reflect and self-correct and then look at the next part. It then says, present an offering by fire to the Lord, which is why during the feast we sacrifice. An offering by fire, think of it this way, it means I felt that thing. That thing stung. That To sacrifice that, I felt that. It's not a sacrifice if you just give it oh, no big deal. Mm-mm, that ain't no sacrifice. That ain't an offering. Watch me. A sacrifice means that, Lord, okay, for th- that much? A little bit i got this i got this i got this i got this i got that but but if you sacrifice here's my question what's on the other side of your sacrifice <laughs> Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son Isaac and what was on the other side I'll make you the father to many nations and for some of y'all you're one sacrifice away from living in everything that's ever been spoken over your life you are one sacrifice away from walking in everything God has ordained for you please make sure you sit next to the right person a person that's got some faith in the building and of line just touch them say you're one sacrifice away come on let's go say you're one sacrifice away it ain't gonna take much. Let's go. So this series, all this month, is based off of the month that we're in, fire. And I didn't know. I didn't know when um, we were doing this series, fire. It was originally supposed to be in August because I was like, well, that's a hot month. So I, you know, I'm you know, simple to me. It was only about two days, two to three days before we started the month of September that I even discovered why God would have me to move the September series fire to this month. Um, Please understand, your steps are being ordered by God. And there's certain things that don't make sense to you now but they're going to make sense to you later. In fact, Jesus said it like this. He says, what I am doing now, you do not understand, but you'll understand it later. So when I discovered that septum, September, actually meant fire, I was like, well, it makes perfect sense because God's bringing all things into alignment. Fire comes from this word peer, which means it transforms what it contacts so it's never the same. Which means after this month, hear me, your life will never go back to being the same way that it was. I'll talk over here because they don't shout over here. After this month, your life will never go back to being the same way. Okay, evidently, I'm going to have to go to my online audience. I said, your life will never go back to being the same way that it was. Why? Because when fire touches something, it can never ever go back to being the same way that it was before. But what have I taught you? Fire is paradoxical. What does that mean? It's simultaneously contradictory. So even though my life can never go back to being the same, I'm dealing with some contradictions because I am seeing one thing that seems to be totally opposite to the thing that I thought I was supposed to see, because fire means this, antagonism, hostility, and opposition. At the same time, those three things are producing passion, excitement, and zeal. This is why whenever God has your life on fire, with the crazy places you can be emotionally, the crazy places you can be in your mind, because on one hand, it's antagonizing me, but on the other hand, it's fueling my passion. On one hand, it's hostility, but on the other hand, there's some excitement. On one hand, there's opposition. On the other hand, there's zeal, which means I got all of these contradictions going on, but they're all making sure that my life never ever goes back to being the same. Please, one more time, you got at least five more touch your neighbors. So I need you to make sure you got a good neighbor next to you. Touch them and say, Your life will never go back to being the same. wrong neighbor because they should have put a praise behind that When you say your praise is a little flat in this building i need you to find somebody else please and touch them and say your life will never go back to being the same you better get a good look at me now because this is the last time you're gonna see me like this you better get a good look at me now because this is the last time i'm gonna be in this situation Please open your mouth and prophesy to yourself. Say, my life will never go back to being the same. So what have I taught you? That God is fire. Deuteronomy 4.24 says God is a consuming fire, which means God will burn some things up. He will devour some things. He will dine, which means whenever God wants to have a conversation with you, think about it. This is not take and go and grab and go. This is dining. So when God wants to have a conversation with you, God will start a fire. Because sometimes the only way you will listen is when everything else is on fire so you have no choice but to sit down. You have no choice but to, uh, okay, must be. You, 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 ever, you ever been through so much you just say, you know what, look, I just, need, I, just, I just need a minute. And sometimes God will let everything around you be set on fire so that you will sit down so he can dine with you. And the question becomes, what are we dining on? Come here, Numbers. The Bible says, watch me, that the enemies of the children of Israel were their bread, were their food. Which means God says, I'm going to sit down at a table to have a conversation with you. And what we're going to dine on is your enemies. Everything that was supposed to take you out is about to take you up. Everything that was supposed to hurt you deepest is about to help you most. We're going to dine together, but we're going to dine over your enemies. I feel bad for every person that thought that it was over for you. It's just beginning for you. I feel bad for every person that thought you weren't going to make it. You're about to walk in everything God has called and created for you to do. I feel bad for those that thought you wouldn't survive if they left your life. Not only are you going to survive, you're finally about to thrive. Come on, South. Fire! Fire! It means burn up. It means devour. It means dying. It means eater. In other words, God says, whenever I need to eat some things up in your life, I will send a fire. If I need to eat up your attitude, I'll send a fire. You ready? If I need to eat up your lack of praise, I'll send a fire that will make you praise. See, watch me. I don't need fire to praise him. Some people only worship when they're going through hell. Some people only praise when they're going through something. Some people only give God glory when they're going through something. But I just need to make sure I'm almost to where I need to go. I'm in the building and on line with some people that can say, I don't have to wait for hell to break loose. Because when I think of the goodness of, of Jesus and all that he's done for me, I will jump in front of you. I will clap in front of you. I will shout in front of you. My praise is not for you. So I can care less how you feel about it because you didn't deliver me. You didn't heal me. You didn't keep me in my right mind. You didn't. Every radical praise just put a praise in the atmosphere right there. (laughs) I don't have to wait until my life is on fire to give him glory. Let's go. It means to burn up, to devour, to dine, to eat her. And here's my favorite definition of the word fire. It means up. Shout up. Which means anytime God wants to take you up in any area of your life, God sets it on fire. So when you say, Lord, increase me, he says, okay. I'm about to set that on. See, for some of you, like, I got all of this stuff going on in my family. What's wrong? Your family's about to go up. I got all this stuff going on in my finances. What's going on? Your finances about to go up. Whenever God is ready to take something up, he sets it on fire first, which means I'm not scared of no fire. In fact, put me in there because that's when everything around me begins to go up. Prophesy to somebody close to you, say, things are about to go up for you. It goes on. It says he is a jealous God. He's a jealous God. And jealous doesn't mean that God wants what you have because what you have, God gave you. Jealous means that God is impassioned about you. He's on fire for you. See, this is why I can't do people who are passive. I just can't do it. Because if my God is passionate about me, what I look like letting somebody in my life that is passive. See, for some of you, you're passionate about people that are passive about you. This is why there's always a fight. This is why there's always drama. This is why they never get it. You know why they never get it? Passive will never understand passionate. You know why they say you work too much? Because passive will never understand passionate. See, you you, you excited to just uh, be passive about what you do. But I'm living purpose. And when, and when you live purpose, it never feels like work. Can you open up your mouth and say, my God is passionate about me. So if he's passionate about me, I should be passionate about me. And anybody I let in my life should be passionate about me. And anybody in my life, I should be passionate about. Uh Uh-oh, which means there's some people that you just got your permission to release them from your life. Why? Because the truth is, when you come to me with all your gossip, I ain't passionate about that. When you come to me with all your mess, I ain't passionate about that. Let's go. Say, he's passionate about me. Oh, Wednesday, don't play with me. Say he's passionate, me. he's passionate about me. God is fire and God uses fire, which means anytime there's fire going on in my life, antagonism, hostility, opposition, that's God. That's not the enemy. The enemy does not control fire. God is fire, and God uses fire. Is there anybody in here beside me where there's some areas of your life and you're like, that's on fire right now. That's on fire, that's on fire. But guess what? That means that must be God. You asked him to work. You just didn't expect him to show up as fire. You said, God, where are you at? God says, I'm burning. I'm burning. You don't feel that? See, for some of you, watch me, if you won't respond at one level of fire, he has to let it be increased. He knows exactly how hot to get it to make you holler. He knows exactly how hot to get it to make you respond. God is fire, and God uses fire. Luke 12, 49, Jesus says, I have come to ignite a fire on the earth. Earth there means in your life, which means God says, I will set a fire in your life. You should know these four things to do four things. Number one, to be your aegis, which means to be your protection. Say, fire protects me. Which means I'm never scared of what I'm protected in. See, for some of you, watch me. You said, Lord, protect me. And God says, okay, well, there's some people I need to get you away from. So I'm going to put a, watch me, it's spiritual. So I'm going to put some fire around you. So that means the only way they can touch you is they have to burn themselves. I'm going to keep them away from you. you ready? There's some friends you wanted to have, some people you tried to hang out with, some cliques you tried to be a part of, and God says you have no business being around that low level of a person, so I'm going to put a fire around you, watch me, so that everywhere you go, watch me, they got to back up. See, some of you try to figure, why they act like that when I come around? Because you got fire when you come around. Why they back up for me when I come around? Because you got fire when you come around. I wish you were sitting next to somebody that recognized I'm too hot to come down to this low level of what y'all talking about. Would you tell somebody, say, I'm too hot for mess. I'm too hot. I'm too hot for drama. I'm too hot for foolishness. I'm too hot for that. And back then, they didn't want you, but now you're hot. They all up on you. Number two. To ameliorate you. This means to make you better. So whenever you say, God, I want to be better, God is like, okay. Let's start this fire. Burn, baby, burn. Number three, fire is used to make you aware. Whenever you pray things like, God, give me clarity. God says, great, I'm going to start a fire. Because you're not going to see what it is. And I've talked to these all this month. You're not going to see exactly what it is until it's on fire. You're not gonna see exactly, hear hear me, everybody hear me. You think. You sometimes think that you have in people what you don't have in people. See, you thought you had a ride or die. She was just a ride and eat. Let's talk. Okay, y'all ain't gonna send that to me? As long as you was paying. Y'all not gonna say that me? You you thought, watch me, you thought you had a prayer partner. You had a prayer partner, P-R-E-Y. Y'all not gonna say that? Watch me. You thought, you thought that you had somebody that was gonna fight for you and be in your corner. And sometimes God says, I have to let you see what it really is. And the only way you're gonna see what it really is is if I set it on fire. Now pay attention. This doesn't mean they're bad, it just means they don't belong. Come on, come on, come on, come on. This doesn't mean that they're bad. It just means that they don't belong in your next and in your future. See, watch me. Here's what we're about to celebrate. Let's celebrate all of the stuff that we can say I can see clearly now. And I wouldn't have seen it clearly unless it was because of a fire. I wouldn't have recognized it unless he set it on fire. Number four, number four, number four. To advance you and to accelerate you. And God wants to take you further, faster, God allows there to be a so for some of you, like, oh, what's taking so long? He said, oh, you tired of waiting. You tired of waiting? You tired of waiting? He said, you tired of waiting? God's like, okay, I'm going to start a fire. Watch me. You ready for your promotion? Cool. I'm going to start a fire in your department. Y'all ain't going to say that? I'm going to start a fire. Because watch me, through that fire, that's what's going to get you promoted. Y'all ain't going to talk to me? Y'all ain't going to say that. You, you, ask me. you keep saying, Lord, I just want to be healthy. I want to be healthy. Cool. I'm going to start a fire. And now I'm going to force you to change how you eat next. I'm going to force you to do it now. Y'all ain't going to talk to me Wednesday. Come on, somebody say, to, he's taking me further faster. All right, so look, so look, so look, so look, so look. Fire, we're almost to where we're going. Y'all with me? Fire isn't just natural. Fire is spiritual. Isaiah 4-4, he will cleanse by a spirit of fire. So fire is spiritual. And if it's spiritual, this means that it is not bound by natural laws. What's the natural law? Time. So fire can go into your past, clean it up, go into your future to get it ready. It's not bound uh, by location, which means I can start a fire here that follows me to Atlanta. I can start a fire here that takes me into Miami. (laughs) Watch me. A fire is not bound by natural expectations. So listen, here it is. Here we go. You ready, Wednesday? Yes, sir. So the natural expectation of fire, and this is why some of us have a tough time with the concept of fire, is because we only see fire as something that destroys. But because fire is spiritual and it's not bound by natural laws, fire can also create. Okay oh my god oh my god oh my god all right all right all right right. just 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 find the most hype person close to you and just tell them say it's not destroying it's creating something all right let's try a second person because they should have put a praise behind that say it's not destroying it's creating something All right, come on, it's 2023. Let's get one more person, get a third person in the building online. You tag somebody or put it in the comments. Say, God's about to create something out of your fire. Let's go. So look at Hebrews, look at Hebrews, look at Hebrews, look at Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 4. God, what is God? Fire himself showed that his message was true by working all kinds of powerful miracles and wonders. Pay attention, say fire creates miracles. Fire creates miracles. Okay, now some of you, the concept of miracle um, may be difficult for you to grasp. Sometimes you don't even know that you need one because you're so used to living in misery and managing it that you don't even recognize that you need a misery to get up out of it you ready sometimes you can get so used to walking with a limp that you don't even realize he can heal it sometimes you can get so used to living with an issue that you've just accepted the issue and so you don't even realize that god wants to give you a miracle to get you out of the issue come here man that had been by the pool for 38 years for 38 years you've been in this condition in john chapter 5 where you are waiting on something that you don't really need in the first place you are waiting on the stirring of the water so that whoever steps into the water first is healed but here is the deal you have accepted this in fact when jesus says do you want to be made well watch me you answer a yes or no question with another statement your statement is well sir when i get into the pool there's no man to put me in the pool but when i am going down another steps in front of me which means sir not only can you walk because if they stepped in front of you you were able to walk there yourself but it also means, pay attention, it also means that you have decided that because this one thing won't happen, that you can't make something happen. And for some of you are watch me, you've been waiting on one thing to happen. And while you've been waiting on that one thing, God says you haven't been doing anything else. Oh, God, I need. Somebody say he's about to work a miracle. come on, Wednesday, I'm almost done, but would you just open your mouth one more time and say, he's about to create a miracle. What you decided you had to accept, God's about to give you a miracle up out of it. What you decided, this is how my life is always going to be. God is about to give you a miracle up out of it. What you decided you always going to have to struggle with. We serve a God that says, I want to give you a miracle. What's a miracle? It's something that cannot be naturally explained. When you look at it and when other people look at it, the only explanation is, God did this. Say, fire creates miracles. So let's go to 1 Kings 17 and then we're done. A few verses and we're out of here. 1 Kings 17 and 8. Then the Lord said to Elijah, let me give you context. Elijah uh, was a prophet. He was a man of God. He spoke on God's behalf. He's unique because he's one of the few that was taken up alive and he returns, reincarnated as a man we call John the Baptist. Not because he was a Baptist by Christian denomination, he was a baptizer. Literally the Hebrew phrase there is, is uh, that he would mikvah the people. And so he would literally, what he would literally do is that he would baptize the people. Um, This baptism was in water. This is why um, when Jesus was getting ready to be ordained into ministry, John the Baptist had to mikvah him. He literally has to ordain him into the ministry. Um, That practice of mikvah was used to baptize, was for the cleansing of sins. It was used to ordain one into the ministry. And it was used to cleanse people ceremonially of some of the issues that they had. Pay attention. Uh, So uh, John the Baptist is the reincarnation of Elijah. Pay attention. Elijah was unique because even though Elijah had some challenges, God says, I'm going to use what's in you because the earth needs to hear from you twice. Okay. Okay. let let, let me help some of y'all watch me because some of you have felt like you've been through so much you died guess what the previous version of you did because god says the earth needs to hear from you twice i wish you were next to a faith person touch them say there's so much in you the earth has to hear from you twice so elijah is this prophet And Elijah has something very different than most other prophets. Most prophets had something called the schools of the prophets. They were creating students. Elijah was the first to have something called the sons of the prophets. He was making men. He was making women. Uh, See, a student learns skills so that they can practice those skills. But a son learns identity so that wherever he, he is, he can do what he does. Which means I don't just do it in a classroom. I've been taught who I am. So I can do it in the mall. I can do it in the classroom. I can do it over here. I can do it over there. So Elijah was this, the beginning of this concept of spiritual fathering that we see in the scripture. And so you see his spiritual son, a man named Elisha, who literally does double what it is that Elijah did in the earth. I'm giving you context. For some of you, watch me. Here's been your challenge is what you will do. There is no prototype for it yet. Because you will be the first. You're going to be like an Elijah where nobody's seen this before. So what you're going to create, they won't even know how to name it yet. They won't even know what to call it. Your business idea is so creative. You don't even really know how to explain it to everybody yet. But what if I told you God's about to give you some language to help you to express what he's placed on the inside of you? It says, then the Lord said to Elijah, go down to Zarephath. Pay attention and go and live in the village of Zarephath. Now, can I give you context? Elijah was a prophet that dealt with the king. And so the king's name at the time was Ahab. He, uh, he was a weak man. He was married to a woman named Jezebel. Because anytime there's a spirit of Jezebel, there has to be an Ahab. And spirits aren't bound by sex. So you could be a male Jezebel, all right? Or you could be a female Ahab. Pay attention. Jezebel uh, was this spirit. Her name literally means God has not exalted. Pay attention. So she spends her whole life trying to be somebody. Um, and she spends her whole life trying to get attention. She spends her whole, her whole life trying to get people to pay attention to her. And so pay attention. This spirit contends with Elijah, the man of God. And Jezebel brings this false worship in where they begin to worship these bales. Bales are the title, which means the Lord. You still here Wednesday? Uh, they begin to worship these false bales. And they have prophets of Baal. And so Jezebel has all of these prophets that come to her. Now Ahab knew better. So he would have the prophets of the men of God come to him. But he was married to somebody, pay attention, because it matters who you get with. It matters who you date. It matters who you call yourself being around. Because Ahab knew better, but he was married to somebody that kept bringing they mess into the environment. And they mess into the situation. And so now, watch me, Ahab is trying to do right by God. But he's married to somebody that curses his God to the face. I wish you would let her behind, oh God, I want to say something else. I wish you wouldn't let a relationship make you disrespect your God just so you got somebody that you married to. I wish you would not let somebody disrespect your God just so that you have somebody that's your pay. Are you joking? Are you joking? So pay attention. Pay attention. So, so 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 I don't know how deep I want to go with this. So, so Jezebel marries Ahab. Ahab is the king. Jezebel, interestingly enough, in 2006, they discovered that Jezebel had made her own insignia. She, she had made uh, her, own, her own seal. Seals were reserved for kings, which means Jezebel said, watch me, watch me. She, she was so out of order. She said, I know this is what the order supposed to be, but this one I'm going to do. See, watch me. Uh, This is what I'm supposed to do, but this is what I'm going to do because my whole life I haven't been exalted. So watch me. I'm going to fight to have my own voice. I'm going to fight to build my own kingdom within my husband's kingdom. Mm. I'm going to fight to do my own thing. Y'all ain't going to say nothing, but I'm preaching right. So Jezebel comes against Elijah. Elijah has this showdown on a mount called Carmel. Say Mount Carmel. And on Mount Carmel, there is a showdown. And uh, Elijah basically says one day, hey, listen, this is too much going back and forth. One day you say, the next day you are not. One day it's Jesus, the next day it's energy. One day uh, you, you, you a Muslim, the next day you don't know what you believe. One day, and so Elijah's like, this is enough. If God is God, then serve him. But if Baal is God, he said, listen, you need to make a decision. I wish you'd look at somebody close you and say, you're going to have to make some tough decisions. And the truth is, it's not tough. It's just that you've avoided it for so long that you're going to have to finally deal with it. There's nothing tough about the decision. It's just that you've avoided the decisions for so long that you're going to finally have to make them. So, so they have this showdown on Mount Carmel. I'm giving you context. And when they have this showdown on Mount Carmel, Elijah slays hundreds of these false prophets. Elijah says, and let the God that answers by fire. That's the one that will serve. Pay attention. Let the God that answers by fire. Fire, that's the one that we'll serve, okay? Come on, let's say it one more time. Let the God that answers by fire, that's the one that we're going to serve. So fire falls from heaven. It licks up the water. It consumes the wood. I mean, it's this big show. And, and Baal doesn't respond because Baal ain't real. You got to hear me. Uh, a false god, watch me. Why did they make false gods? Why, why do humans do that today? I don't have a false God. No, it's just your job. It's more important than anything related to God. Just got quiet. No, it's just your relationship. It's more important than anything related to God. So God means source. So you've made this your source. You've made this what you reach for. You've made this what you go after. It's because if I can create a God in my own image, I get to control it. So why did they make all these false gods? I get to control this God if I get to make this God. But I'm so glad that the God that we serve can't be controlled because you can't make him, you can't vote him in, you can't vote him out. There is no God like him, there is no God beside him. Wednesday, I'm almost done. I'm about to cut across the grass and get us to the finish line. But can I just get you to worship your God for five seconds right there? Five, four, three, two. Come on, shout, God is God. So, 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 so after this, after this, I'm giving you context. After this, Jezebel, after he slays all these hundreds of prophets, Jezebel sends a messenger to him. Because see, because see, real, real can be direct. It's only when it's fake you got to send messages. Okay. You, watch me. See, if they really felt what they felt about you, why they got to send it through somebody else? OK, all right. so Jezebel sends a messenger to tell Elijah, I'm going to kill you by this time tomorrow. And Elijah panics. And you have to ask yourself, if you just call fire from heaven, why are you panicking, sir? He panics because three and a half years earlier, three and a half years earlier, he had prophesied that it would not rain except at his word. And there was an unintended consequence of his prophecy and prayer being fulfilled. Is how it affected him. See, for some, you prayed for certain things, but did not realize the cost that came with what you prayed for. Certain things were spoken over you, but you didn't realize, come here, Joseph, that greatness is on you, favor is on you. But what comes with favor is when your family turns on you. Let's talk. What turns with favor is when people throw you into a pit. What comes with favor, so so watch me, there was this unintended consequence that came with Joseph's life. There was this unintended consequence that came in Elijah's life because he's negatively affected by the fact that it's not raining. So for a while, he's by this brook, and the Bible says that the brook is running, the brook is giving him water, and the Lord sends a raven to feed him day by day. Once the brook dries up, then all of a sudden, now God gives him this instruction we're reading right now that says, get up and go live in Zarephath. For the last three and a half years, his life, look at me, his life has been in transition. For the last three and a half years, his life has been in a bunch of uncertainty. Is there anybody in this building or online? for your life has had a lot of transition going on. In fact, sometimes when you even look around your life, you're like, who are these people? It's StrangerVille, because who used to be in your inner circle is not there anymore. Who you used to depend on and count on, is not there anymore. For three and a half years, His life had been in constant transition. For three and a half years, his life had been in this moment where he never ever got to really rest because he didn't know what was next. And for some of you right now, you've got anxiety. Watch me, not about what's happened. You got anxiety because you're like, I don't know what's about to happen next. But I'm about to give you an opportunity to interrupt your anxiety because here's what we do know. He makes all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. I wish you'd look over at somebody and just tell them, say, whatever's going to happen, it's going to be for your good. So, so so, Elijah is told, get up and go to Zarephath. Go live in Zarephath. And here's what Zarephath means. we got to finish this quickly. You want to know what Zarephath means? It's on the screen. What does it mean? Fire! He said, go live in the fire. Shut up. He said, I need you to go live in the fire. And Zarephath is a specific type of fire. It's metallurgy. And metallurgy, I've talked to you about this so far. Metallurgy, metallurgy rather, it takes raw material, which is not of much value. It's thrown into the fire. Say fire. Fire. Okay. Then what cannot handle the heat burns off. So this is gold ore. And if you've been here for the series, I gave you my whole little gold ore story um, and all that. Gold ore isn't worth much because attached to the precious metal is a bunch of stuff that's not precious. Attached to the valuable gold is a bunch of stuff that's not valuable. And for some of you, you've been so used to carrying baggage that you don't even recognize how much is attached to you that actually doesn't have any value. So what can't handle the heat, it ends up burning off. And now you go, watch me, it's smaller, but it's more valuable. Come on here. Watch me, it doesn't look as big, but it has more value. And for some of you, there's some things in your life where you were like, I lost. No, you didn't, because this is more valuable than that. It looks like there's some things that aren't as significant, watch me, but it's more valuable than it was before. What can't handle the heat, it burns off. And then this fire, shout fire, fire, it defines it and tests it. So let's back this thing up, run it one more time. This raw material, say, say this, is this is me. God says, you got a little bit too much attitude, You got a little bit too much doubt, you run your mouth a little too much. How I many of you know that sometimes there's a little stuff, there's a little extra on you? Come on, let's be you. It's right. raw material. Then God says, let me put you in the fire. And what can't handle the heat is going to burn off of you. Which means anything that exits your life, don't chase it because it was just proven to you that it cannot handle the fire. Then it defines it. Then it tests it. You missed it. Define means it gives it its shape. See, for some of you, God is shaping you into something. And here's the trip, he never tells you what he's shaping you into because he's the potter, we're the clay. He just shapes us. He just makes us. And then watch me, the same thing that he uses to define us, he then uses to test us. This is why sometimes in life you'll feel like you're going through the same thing over again. Wait for me. Anybody ever felt like that? You're like, no, this cannot be happening again. Look at me. It's not happening again. The first time was to define you. The second time was to test you. What's a test? It's the final stage before another level of promotion. Come on, y'all. I wish you'd elbow somebody and say, this test is the final stage before your next promotion. What does promotion mean? Up. What does fire mean? Up. Okay, so look, so look, so look, so look, so look. He says, I have instructed a widow there to feed you. Wow. Wow. God doesn't give him any details. He doesn't give us her name. He doesn't give us what she looks like. He doesn't give us what she's going to have on. He just says, I've instructed a widow. Pay attention. I have instructed something to feed you that should be the most unlikely thing. She's a widow, which means her husband has died. And in that culture, it meant she did not have a primary source of income, which means she's likely been living off of whatever she was left. And we're going to see her story in just a second. And in five minutes, we're going to be out of here. Watch me. God says, I am using something to provide for you that doesn't make sense. How you call fire from heaven and got to go ask a single mama to... Everybody, look at me. See, for some of you, you're in circumstances right now that don't make sense to you because you're like, wait a minute, God. It seemed like I was able to do this back then. And now all of a sudden, I'm having to beg, borrow, and get people to. I'm having to tolerate stuff from people I normally would never tolerate. I'm having to deal with trifling behavior I would never deal with. I Y'all with me? I have instructed a widow there to feed you. Where's there? Zarephath, which means where is he going to be fed from? The fire, which means the fire is about to feed you. Okay, Wednesday, y'all are being a little, okay. Verse 10, verse 10, come on, let's go. Verse 10, so he saw, he saw a widow gathering sticks, all right? Now, he doesn't even know, look at me, he doesn't even know that this is the particular widow because God gives him no details, all right, you got about four more. Touch your neighbors, okay? Yeah, uh, in the building, you touch them online. You tag them or put it in the comments. Just touch them and say, "You ask too many questions." You too many questions. <laughs> okay. You want God to give you details, but then that's not faith. If I give you the details, you have certainty now. And the opposite of faith isn't fear; it's certainty. If I tell you all of the details, you know exactly what to do. So I'm not giving you all the details. He saw a widow gathering sticks, and he asked her, would you please bring me a little water in a cup? Now, look, look at me. He doesn't say, hello, what's your name? See, pay attention. For some of you, listen very carefully. Your fire is to get rid of your arrogance. Nobody acknowledged me. Nobody appreciated me. And sometimes God says, listen, we don't even know this widow's name because her name wasn't important, but her story would. What if I told you your story was going to be bigger than just your name? Oh, my God. What if I told you your testimony was going to be bigger than your test? He saw a widow gathering sticks and he asked her, would you please bring me a little water, uh, uh, a little water in a cup? Verse 11. Then he called her as she's going to get that. He called her. Hey, look here. Bring me some bread, too. That's my version. Look here. Now, can we be honest? You ain't even asked me my name. But you asked me for some bread and some water. Now, here's the question. What made her obey his instructions? You ready? Look at verse 12. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God. Y'all need to be a better church in this. Come on. You ready? I swear by the Lord. Yo, well, wait a minute. How you know who my God is? Because when she saw him, pay attention, uh, she knew that she was in the presence of her answer. And for some of you, you better hear me, you're about to know, oh my God, you're about to be in the presence of your answer. You're about to be in the presence of your, you're going to walk in there and say, this is me. You're going to walk in there and say, I was born for this. You're going to walk in there and say, I was created for this. Are you hearing me? She says, I swear by the Lord your God. Now, watch me. As a prophet, he would have worn the garment of the prophet. Uh, uh, The Shamir is what it's called. He would have worn the garment of the prophet. So she would have been able to ascertain that he was a prophet. But the reality is, is there was something in her that knew that my answer has just shown up. Because here's the question. Here's what we don't see. What did she pray? This is only for 50 shouters. You ready? God's about to answer your private prayers. All right, I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about the stuff, the secret petitions of your heart, the stuff you never told anybody else about, the stuff you never prayed for in public. Please open your mouth and say, He's about to answer my private prayer. Come on, let's go. Let's go. She said, I swear by the Lord, your God, that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. And I only have a handful of flour. She says, she look, she said, I ain't got no bread to give you. She says, this is what I got. She said, all I got is a handful of flour. She says, what you asked me for, I don't have. But I have the ingredients. Which means I have the seed. Look at your screen. And I only have a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil at the bottom of the jug. She said, got a little oil. She said, got a little flour. Sounds like all the ingredients you need to make me what I asked for. Here's your challenge. You keep telling God that you don't have the finished product, but you don't recognize the demand that he's putting on you is for you to take the seeds that you do have, yeah. to take what you do have and turn it into something amazing. Please look at somebody close to you say, you got to work what you got. You got to work what you got. It says a, f- a handful of flour. Okay, can I just, can I, give me 10 seconds. Just, just give me 10 seconds. She said, she said, I got a handful of flour. Okay, which means, which means I got this much flour. Come on, do it with me, Wednesday. How much flour she got? This much flour. She's like, I had a handful. See, for the sake of the prop, this is way more than what she had. Okay? She says, I got a handful of flour and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. Pay attention to what she said. I only have a little flour and a little oil. You're not. You think that your little disqualifies it. Now, realizing that a little is all you need. Oh, my God. Come on, say, the little that I have is all I need. You may not have a lot of strength, but that little strength you got, you, you may not have a lot of clarity, but that little clarity that you have. Let's go. Jesus, and I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then me and my son are going to die. She says, this is my plan. She says, my plan is that me and my son are going to eat this last meal and die. Verse 13, but Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. <laughs> Still don't know her name. Still don't know where she went to school. Still don't know her background. But we do know where she lives. where does she live? Zarephath. What's Zarephath mean? Fire. Some of you will catch it in a second. Say, I'm in the right place at the right time. Come on, we got to wrap this up. But Elijah said there, do not be afraid. Go ahead and do what you said. But make a little bread for me first. What's the principle? I keep the kingdom first even when I'm in the fire. And for some, I just need to be real with you. This is Wednesday. When you get in the fire... God's kingdom is last. Everything about God is last. Everything that has anything to do with God is last. And God says, that's why your fire lasts. Because imagine, let's just think this through. Imagine, imagine Elijah saying to her, okay, give me some bread first. How much flour was she got? That much flour. Come on, do it. How much flour was she got? That much flour. It ain't that much fire. You want me to make you something first when I just told you it was only enough for me and my son to die. I was gathering sticks to make a fire, because I was going to bake this last Texas Roadhouse roll. I ain't even got enough cinnamon and sugar for no cinnamon butter. This, <laughs> You ready? Okay. Then he says, make me mine first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for you and your son. Amen. Say kingdom first. kingdom first. See how quiet I just got when I said that? Say kingdom first. Kingdom first. This means I make what's important to God more, more important than what's important to me. All day, every day. day. Say kingdom first. kingdom first. Now, some people say, well, I just don't believe that. I just don't think, I think God understands. Yeah, he understands and you're going to eat this meal and die. Like, like God is not a negotiator. He doesn't have to negotiate with you. He said what he said. Which means how do I put them first in my time? That's why church attendance is important to me, whether it's in the building or online. I put them first in my treasure. That's faithfully giving. I, I put them first in that. It's called five T's they on the screen. I put them first in my talent. I serve because I'm keeping the kingdom first, which means whatever gifts, talents, skills, and abilities I have, I use them in the church, whether it's in the building or online, to advance God's kingdom. That's keeping the kingdom first. I serve him with my testimony. Everywhere I go, I'm inviting people to church. I'm telling them about the word. I'm telling them about the Lord. My time, my talent, my treasure, my thirst, and my testimony. My thirst is my prayer, praise, and worship, which means I keep God first in my thirst. And if I keep him first in my thirst, then I won't thirst anymore. See, for some of you, you've been taught a false ideology of Christianity where God will be last on your list. Not so. God says, you're going to have to keep me first on your list. And when I'm first, you'll never be last. Come on, y'all. I only need two more minutes. And I gotta wrap this up. Would you please touch somebody? Say, if you keep keeping first, you'll never be last. You'll never be last. You're never gonna be last in your finances, never gonna be last in your energy, never gonna be last in your business. Come on, shout, I'll never be last. Verse 14 He says, if you do what I say, there will always be flower and olive oil left in your containers. Now, can I just go deep, Wednesday? Previous verse says cooking oil, okay? Now, that could be canola, vegetable, okay? Elijah says, I'm gonna give you that good stuff. Which means, watch me, I'm about to take your resources up. I'm about to take your supply up. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. Say fire. fire. Creates, miracles. Creates miracles. Say I'm about to see one for myself. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. In the building and no line. Everybody stand in the building and no line. Alright, let's go. Verse 15. Last two verses. So she did as Elijah said. So she did what she was told. And she and Elijah, watch this, and her family. I thought you were just going to eat for you and your son, which means you didn't tell Elijah the whole story. It was more than you and your son in that house. You had just decided that you only had enough for you and your son. I need you to just make sure you next to the road say, everybody about to eat around me. When I get blessed, everybody in my family going to get blessed. When God takes me up, everybody around me is going up. When God gives me my opportunity, everybody around me about to get my opportunity. Please make sure that you're not next to somebody selfish. Just touch them say, when I go up, everybody next to me going up. She did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. The next verse, and it says, and there was always enough flour. Okay. Say there will always be enough. Say, I will never be in lack. Mm -hmm. lack. Now, there's two types of people listening to me. There's people who will be like her, and there's people who will say, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not doing that. So then let me read the verse how it reads for you. There will never be enough. Mm. (laughs) But that ain't what it reads for me. Look at somebody close to you and say, I didn't want to read for me either. I know that's not good English, but you understand what they mean. There was always enough. You're about to enter days of your life where there will always be enough. And notice what the Bible says, left in the containers, which means I used what I needed, but I was stacking. Oh, my God. You're not just going to live in abundance and overflow. God says you're going to have more than what you need. Open your mouth, friends. They say, I will always live in abundance. I will always live in overflow. There will always be more than enough. Put a praise behind that right there. Put a praise behind that right there. Clap your hands like your life is about to go up. Clap your hands like God's about to use your fire to provide for you clap your hands and praise your God like your fire is about to create a miracle and I'm going to see the impossible made possible and what you never thought would happen, you're about to walk in it you're about to live in it you're about to drive it you're about to turn the key I wish you'd say my fire is creating miracles for me let's go, heads bowed, eyes closed in this building and online if you need to become a Christian tonight, tonight's your night. Secondly, if you are giving your life to the Lord, but you've not been faithful, tonight's your night. Thirdly, if you're like, Bishop Foreman, I don't know where things stand, but I want to be sure tonight, wherever you are at, if you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure, tonight is your night. On three, you're going to slip your hand up in this building. Online, you're going to do the hand-wavy emoji. You're going to say, it's me. No guilt, no condemnation, and no shame. One, two, three. If that's you, slip that hand up in this building line you that hand Moses just say to me, Church we're a church that celebrates when people come to the Lord. Hear me clearly, what's the gospel? It's the good news, that's what gospel means. What's the good news? The good news is the bad news is wrong. <laughs> I said the good news is the bad news is wrong. So whatever bad news you got you need to flip that because there's some gospel on that. It's something good coming out of that. Even if you can't see it now, even if you can't tell. Everybody pray this with me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. If I fall or if I fail, give me the grace to get right back up again. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. Thank you for fire it's creating miracles for me right now in jesus name amen listen if you just prayed that prayer for the first time or recommitted yourself to the lord take your phone out scan the qr code on the screen or text harvest to 55498 some of you say but you need a shepherd you don't have to live in denver or atlanta you can live anywhere across america around the world in fact most harvesters have never been in a building um, we thank God we're a hybrid church, and it blows my mind every single day to see what God is doing in us and through us. Most of what we do doesn't happen in the building. But if you know I'm your shepherd, you text HARVEST to 55498 or you scan that QR code. Bishop Foreman, how do I know who my shepherd is? There's, there's a lot of people talking, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're saying something that speaks to you. Sheep know the voice of their shepherd. And that's the principle of the scripture, and so if I'm your separate connect, we'd love for you to be a part of the family. Listen, did y'all get some out of this word tonight? Yeah. Say, my fire is creating miracles tonight. Um, if you came in late, you weren't able to give. Get that ready. If you're going to sow the seal, get that ready. Here's our seed tonight, right there from First Samuel, or excuse me, First Kings, uh, chapter uh, number eighteen. And here's our seed. There's two seeds. There's an eighteen, and there's a thirty-six. I'm doing the thirty-six. I always do double. You know why? Because I like to see double. Mr. Foreman, what in the world do you mean? What in the world do you mean sowing to seal? What in the world do you mean sowing to seal? Where's that in the Bible? It's in 1 Samuel chapter 9, as well as several other places, but it's made clear there. Whenever a word speaks to you, you sow to seal that word. And all you're going to call this is your miracle seed. (laughs) Miracles. He was in the fire, she was in the fire. They were in the fire, and God gave her a crazy instruction in the fire to make a miracle. That's crazy. Imagine what she felt as a mother. You want me to do this? What if my son ain't going to have nothing to eat? If it seems reasonable, it's probably not God. <laughs> Did you hear what I just said? Peter, come on. Lord, if it's you, bid me come. Come on. That's unreasonable. That's unreasonable. It's unreasonable. Two fish, five loaves of bread, 5,000 men plus women and children. Man by. That's unreasonable. Imagine the little boy that had the Lunchable. And they like, look, let me get that up off for you. This is my, it's a little boy's lunch. Two fish, five barley loaves. He got five husk puppies two fish and they weren't even big fish they were small fish but when he released the little that he had and I'm just trying to tell some of y'all and it's bigger than money it's bigger than money you might not have nothing but a little encouragement to give somebody you might not have nothing but a little strength you gotta release it. How can you sow? Use the cash app, Donald sign bishop form with the number two, PayPal, Vinmo, Zell. Give Moselle, Givlify. That's available. But email us hello at at harvestchurch I love you, Wednesday. Don't forget Sunday, of course, our daily pop-ups every day. Sunday, one experience in this building, one combined experience, 915 and eleven fifteen. So on my eleven fifteen at folks, you gotta wake up and come together to be with the nine. Some of you are gonna meet some people you've never met that's been part of your church, right? Right. Well I love about harvest is everywhere I go, I run into harvesters. Everywhere I go. Everywhere I go, there's no place I go where I don't run into somebody and say, Bishop, Bishop. bishop and I love it. And I love what God's doing, innocent through us. Lift your giving to the Lord. Say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. I seal this word that I've heard. Fire creates miracles. Miracles are manifesting for me right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, Bastards of Passing here at Grape Street once to give, you free to go. Hug two or three people on your way out, tell them that you love them. I'll be down front to meet and greet you in just a moment. Let's do it together Wednesday. Love God, love people,
1: and Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So... Just text the word "decision" to five five four nine eight, and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you, and congratulations! Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you, and our app or online at www.harvestchurchchurch/slash/give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life.
0: Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases.
2: Full work by law. 18
0: plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.